people, welcome to this recording. <laughs> wow, it sounds like I'm in church <laughs> and I'm just like introducing a play or something. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, okay, this 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 episode, I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine called Kaba. Um, or at least that's what I call him. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things. It's because I don't know what we'll talk about. So, you know, just stay tuned and figure out what the conversation is going to be about. But yeah, you can introduce yourself. <laughs> Ah uh, oh man, that's the worst part. Always. Always. <laughs> okay, so this is the third time we're doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> or attempting to do this podcast. Hopefully, KPLC is good to us. Because hey. the memory cards are working now, Daisy. I hope yeah, I've, Luta, I've done pro- problem solving <laughs> on every level I can think of. This is the best shot. Nice. So yeah, man, I'm a, I'm an artist. I'm an artist, and I, I express myself music in all the ways that I possibly can and the main avenue that that takes shape is being a producer mm. making beats and yeah man but as I go along I try I just try not to define myself using anything that society like uses because that that's that can be very restricting so I don't that's why I haven't said I'm a producer but that's what I started as to be <laughs> then I realize there's so much more to the world and yeah I'm just trying to find my purpose on earth yeah man that's true for me <laughs> like that purpose thing yeah. constantly searching but we were talking about like this producer stuff before this because we were nodding out a bit um and I was even saying like okay I also started out wanting to be a producer yeah and I think it just came from me being like, oh, I'm just really interested to know how music is made and how does it end up being music. And I did my research and I ran into engineering and producing and I was like, okay, I guess that's what I want to do because I want to figure out how to do it so I can do it. And then when I got to the place where I was practicing it, I realized it's not the thing for me. I was just more interested in the tech element. Like, you know, okay, I realized like making music doesn't end when you make it. Like there's another big process. In fact, the process is so big, like generally, like from making it to the end um and i wanted to be a part of it from beginning to the end so i realized the only way to do that is to learn engineering because you're the only one person who will be involved from the beginning to the end you're entitled um and the artist of course yeah so i was keen on this tech thing and i wanted to like understand it and whatever anyway i was saying all of this to say that i thought you needed so much um to start and like i hear a lot of people being like I need you to get which software. In fact, I got like so many people messaging me after I started doing the course. Like when they figured out like that's what I was doing or that's what I do. They're like, how how do I want to do this? What do I do? And I'm like, bro, ask I'd started with FL Studio, the crack version of FL Studio, actually. Those ones where it figures a point, your computer, you're not sure if it's the program crashing, or it's your <laughs> computer that's crashing. But that's it, you just start with the bare minimum. And I know people who make hits on FL Studio. Like, you literally, do, you need the bare minimum. If you can use something for free, use the free version of whatever it is. Just they start. Went, just start. Just start. How did you start? How did I start? Even for me, it, it was a similar kind of warming up to the idea that I could do something in, in music, like from the start to finish. And producing is what 
what what made me feel that was my entry point into it because i remember i think i told you before i i was doing medicine yes, yes and I that's did, I did medicine for a year <laughs> and during that time i was super duper into edm i i used to make mixes for my classmates and hey. on virtual dj bro <laughs> virtual dj we should set a support group <laughs> and then now as i'm making these um these mixes i was like is it possible could i you know could i make music as well and then um i decided not to go back for my second year in med school to my dad yeah at some point i think i would like to be a dj <laughs> <laughs> that's and what you actually told you yeah and of course he was like fuck fuck no hell no hell no and then i went to strathmore and i was in strathmore for 3 years and i had my last year left and then i guess that's when now my purpose really hit me in my face and i knew that for sure i wanted to be a producer and i started reading music theory just before my my end of year exams in that year and i was focusing on reading for music theory over reading for my exams and i just one day decided to start between third year and fourth year and i just never went back for for my uni i took a gap year thinking i was going to go back for my last year and i tried to go back and i just couldn't i just could not i was i was in fourth year for about a week or two and i just couldn't do it because every moment i was there i was just thinking how much i'd rather be doing music than being in class studying for something i do not care about at all what is it financial economics wow yeah okay so i went from med school to literally i think the second worst course you could do in this <laughs> in this in this town and ever since then i've just I've been plugging away every single day. What do you mean plugging? Like plugging, it's just like doing my stuff every oh, single okay. day. Cuz I feel like ever since I opened the studio for the first time. Oh, even you at FL. Oh, okay. FL Studio. Man. It's legit by the way. Yo, FL is people don't realize that since these days trap music is what is is what represents hip hop. Pretty much 90% of the music you hear has been made on FL Studio. Mm. At least by the beat maker or the producer. And probably the mixing has been done most likely on Pro Tools or whatever, but for sure the beat 90 95% of the time has been made on FL Studio. I agree, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, so I don't know why people th- people really look down on FL. And even when you go to study in schools, even the teachers, even the lecturers look down on FL. It's almost like I a, think it's, it's almost seen like a game. Yeah, like it's a like a, a Yeah, it's sort of a professional thing. thing. And I, I I see that because and this is what I learned in uni, which is what I was saying before, like you can literally make anything with what you have yeah. and some of the things you used to be pushed to do in uni is to use certain doors so you can learn how to use them like i hated using ableton i hated it <laughs> like and it was because for me i had come from using i think i was introduced i was introduced to logic maybe before i went to uni and i was like oh logic is logic is great for songwriters 
great for songwriters because the way it's been the way it is it's just built for songwriters um Pro Tools is built for mixing, mastering, like everything, post-production. Yes. Pro Tools is great for post-production. If it comes to composing, it becomes a bit hectic. Um, anyway, so for Ableton, it was more, we were being taught Ableton, so we are able to use electronic, Ableton, um, yes. uh-huh. electronic devices. So yeah. things like, you know, beats, how are they called? Just beat things. NPCs. NPCs. Um, but also to make electronic music, Ableton works really well. Yeah. And that particular unit was an electronic music unit. So Mimi, I was not having the time of my life. In fact, I was struggling. And at that point, I was I had done a year of Pro Tools. So I was conversant with Pro Tools. So me, I was like, no. I It took me a minute to figure this thing out. And then now you're introducing me to Ableton. Like, I don't want but at the end i was like okay that was a good skill to have because sometimes you go also to studios and they don't have the door that you're used to but once you figured out again portals is probably like one of the most difficult portals to figure i mean doors to figure out at least it's set out to be like that but it's really not once you figure that out it's really easy to apply to to work everything else out like to use other doors so now i'm fairly flexible um, with doors. What did I start this conversation about doors? Oh, you can work with what you have. Yeah. <laughs> what I was trying to say. So, and I guess what they were trying to do is train you to also get outside of your comfort zone and just, again, you'll go to studios that people have hired and they've hired you to do their recording mm. and that studio does not what have whatever you, you're used to. Yeah. So you have to adapt to whatever is present. But it was also like, man, I've, I saw a video of Strome making a beat on GarageBand on his iPhone. As in, and this was maybe like, yeah, this was a couple of years ago, so I don't know how old the video is. But he's a really good producer and he made a sick beat. And if he told you he made that whatever else... People would look down on it. People would probably look down on it. And there's also this guy called... Um, are you familiar with Madlib? No. You should. <laughs> he put it on... He's, he's in the hip-hop circles, he's, he's like a... Um, he, he fathers many people in our generation. Mm. He's like, I'm, I'm sure you know Jay Dilla. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> Jay Dilla, if Jay Dilla is God among producers, then Madlib is God's brother. Mm. Yes. So he recently put out an album with Freddie Gibbs and called Bandana. And he says that he made all the beats on that album on an iPad. Wow. And it's really, it's the man, not the machine. It's, wow, that's it, imagine. Not the machine. It's whatever you have. And um, yeah, it's true. One, I agree 100%. With a lot of things too. Like, the same way, like I went to uni and studied that. Um, you know, the co- some of these things are so practical. So things are different on the ground. It's not how you use your knowledge to make it to make something better, like take it next level or elevate it or work for you. Mm. Um, and just, you know, make it a great thing. Because even now, if you ask, and also some of the things, your heart needs to be in something. And for me, that transition from, oh, I don't want to be a producer to an engineer, was my heart was just not there. Yeah. So it's those things where you feel like it's a chore to make a beat, but I need to pass this assignment. So yeah. I'll do it so I can pass. 
but the homie my homie who's sitting next to me shout out dj ice man he's a mad producer yeah this guy used to make like three beats each like each lecture na mini kapata sijafika like you know a quarter away but it's because he enjoyed it it was so easy for him and actually i think two of those beats ended up being on someone's like it became an actual song eventually but that's his thing mm. you know everything he's put all of his all of it is naturally it. inclined to it yeah really? so also just you know i think as people we just need to accept when things are not working like and acknowledge that oh maybe it's just not for me but people are afraid to do that because it's there's so many disapproving eyes that are constantly watching you because there's so much pressure in society to to be something that people approve of and that's why many many people because I mean I've dropped out of uni twice and <laughs> I would say very very confidently that every time I've been in those courses most of the people in those classrooms don't want to be there but they're afraid to explore not even just not just leave like I did but just open their minds to the possibility that what they're doing that there could be something out there for them something that they love and i guess it's just simp- it's it's life also it's different i mean different people i think some people are just destined to do what they love and other people are not <laughs> maybe it's just also a time thing like Yeah, it's also a time. Thing, some people find it in their f- they do what they want to do. Yeah, so things 40. always happen how you're supposed to. True, so true, how, true. How much time it take, takes. True. Like whatever path you choose, true. it's a matter of true. You know how much time it's going to get you if you go this way or this way to get to that thing. I 100% um, agree with that. Yeah, and I guess for some of us like we're just lucky. Also it becomes again things are complicated but me I'll say I'm just lucky I also had a very understanding parents who yeah. was like I have no idea what you say really I don't and I'll just put engineering of of sound it took <laughs> a village of in my brain to you know try and make it also understandable and to date some of the things are not understandable yeah um But you know it's just that level of trust and support that that like it's cool. And I know a lot of my peers don't have that. Yeah. You know, access to parents who are willing to be like, "Oh yeah, you want to do this? Convince me, you convince them." Even when you convince them, they're still like, uh, and a lot of us are reliant on our parents for financial support because I mean, university is so expensive, guy. Mm. Like, what? And just living in Nairobi, I mean, yeah. Hey, the city. Gosh. It's anyway, it's very expensive. It's almost like parents feel like the stakes are too high to get it wrong. So True. It's like there's only one chance and the pressure really is heavy. And there's also like unfamiliarity for them. You know, our parents built very strong networks and we can see it with just how things are today. So for them they're like, bro, if you're a producer, I don't know who to call to help yeah, you out. True, true, true. Like, me I've spent my entire life trying to build networks for my children. I love work like so you if you're doing finance it's like, "Eh, I know, I know I can." I know. You know, I can help you out that way because it's something they understand. So this one they don't understand it, so they're relying on you to make them understand. Mm. 
but it's also so and it's so outside of their world that it just doesn't make sense to yeah. them that this is a legit thing because i've had a lot of even a lot of artists that i've listened to like you know how they got there whatever it's always like yeah it was at this point that my parents are like oh okay this thing is lucrative oh it was at this point that they saw what i meant it's like a journey that they have to go through and then they're like oh okay i guess this makes sense or until it's something that is close to them i think for me particularly with my dad he was when i did a show I think he wanted to buy a ticket and in my head i'm like you want to buy a ticket to my sh-? And like it wasn't making sense but it was because it was something he understood he's like he wanted yes. to buy the ticket from kenya yes and yeah. i give it to someone else yeah um but it was those and he said i'm very proud of you but for him it was at that point that he understood now what i have been doing the other times when he was still like oh what if we do it's because he was not seeing it now this was something relatable for him he's like oh you made the, ca- the soundscapes okay oh you put together a show and you you produced something like it's tangible yeah so oh i can see what it is i'm not there to attend the show but it's as tangible as me buying a ticket so that was that was a moment for me i was like oh my god wow um you know and i guess for my mom it was just more like i don't get it but i'll, I'll just support it and well, i can't remember what her turnaround point was where she understood what i do but then now when i'm telling them things about like oh a radio show that's something everyone can Tangible. understand yeah, everybody like, oh, knows yeah, what a radio show that. is i'm like what the hell is that it's not for even i don't them. don't really know what an installation is <laughs> <laughs> i have to make it like and that's something i also learned throughout time is sometimes i talk very technical but the people outside my field have no idea what that is then they're just like okay i guess a lot of my friends still they don't get half of the stuff that you know i tell them um so i try and also make it be aware that not everyone is understanding what i'm saying i need to make it understandable for them relatable for them something like that i guess what i'm trying to say so Yeah, how did you even get there? I don't know. Uh, anyway, me <laughs> speaking music, like I've been and even production. I've been watch like I've been there's a time I was talking to someone and I'm like, "How are you making money as a producer because a lot of artists are here are singing and rapping on free beats, which is so unfair because I don't know, but I know of someone who used to work in a I guess we can call it a label. It's not a label. It's in Nairobi. Yeah, in Nairobi. I'm not sure what to mention the company. But then they were being paid. So artists would go there. When you make your beat, your beat is for the company. So it doesn't go like, oh, this is Kaba's beat. This mm. is like whatever the company's name is. Yeah, yeah. But then the amount of money those guys were being paid was not making sense. It doesn't equate the amount of effort and creativity that goes in, considering you're not getting rights, the rights of that track. Like there's no other than your salary. So in a month you may have made five beats, ten beats. Your salary is the same. But then this artist is making so much money off of that beat and that song, which is not even an artist problem. It's just more of the organization problem. So it's basically like they are they are employees and yes, their job is to output beats yes but i think i feel like also a big issue in this in uh in this space where it is people also don't really 
take the due diligence to educate themselves on what on how to to pursue their business in a way that they're not fleeced because i think and that's how people take advantage of you yeah because there's a situation like that where there's a producer i know called cam obi who has produced um you listen to Caesar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doves in the Wind? Yes. Yes, he made that beat. And he also produced Cocoa Butter Kisses by Chance the Rapper. That album? No, no, it's there's a song. on There's a song on Acid Rap called Cocoa Butter Kisses. But at that time, he was un- he was working under this producer collective called Ju- the, the Justice League. And he was able to get the rights for that beat to give it to Chance the Rapper and later on Bass came along and he was able to pass that beat to Bass but the only way that that was possible was Cam had to know what his rights are uh, okay. so he had to know that if someone else comes along I, I own I own this beat maybe maybe you guys make publishing money or you make money from the masters or you make royalties off of the beat but I have the right to be able to pass it and make money from it. So I think in that situation, even that producer, those producers have a responsibility to be able to go to the company and be like, okay, fine, I'll make beats for you. You make a salary. I make a salary from you, but I own. I own the beat. It's true. I own the beat, and I can pass it to anybody else that I want, and I own the exclusive rights to be able to do that. But. That's not the case many times and you also see like the situation with um ethic and what's the situation? They I've been you know now that we're we're recording it I don't want to go on record and say <laughs> things like that. It's okay. Today we're off air conversation. I, I, uh, but okay, let me not say ethic because I I'm not I can't say for sure what's going on. I only have suspicions and I've been told by people who know who I can trust the assessment of the situation. But when you look at guys like um Kina Redsan, mm. Kina Jimwat, their songs were everywhere and we were so familiar with their music and we loved it and we bumped it, but where are they now? Mm. These guys are mostly pretty pretty damn broke. And the reason behind that is because they had executive producers who own all the rights to their music. Yeah. And the issue is, boom, they didn't know their rights. And so people have a massive responsibility to make sure that that doesn't happen to them. That's true. Because until I did music business, which I did at B-Tech, yeah. it just really opened my mind to... And it was not even opening my mind as in like, wow, this is unfathomable. It was, this is how it is. This is how it is. <laughs> and I was just know. being informed as opposed to discovering something and you know even knowing the fact that songwriters will get their money from publishing like yes. where are your royalties coming from if you help someone make a melody you are supposed to get like songwriting rights and stuff like that or unless you are a session musician and you agree to a session mm, rate mm. where it's like hey yeah, i'll come through i'll play the guitar but just pay me for playing the guitar i don't want royalties or whatever um and even making making those agreements before having sessions because and it needs to be on record like a literal it doesn't have to be like legal and whatever you can literally draft up an agreement 
and it becomes a mutual agreement where everything that both parties want is stated there yeah. and it's binding for both of you so in case something happens you can use that you know to follow up on whatever issue it is but even like what you're saying with these artists um that we do not know is the same thing that happened where you're hearing those songs belong to a certain all the group. songs that kina whoever kina jimwat released all those songs belong to kina caliph or so if you were signed to Ogopa DJs yes. and you're a you're a yeah I'm a, <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm a producer or I'm an artist and I go and I and I make a song with Ogopa DJs that song has been executive produced by Ogopa, Ogopa DJs. DJs so whatever money that comes from that song goes to Ogopa DJs true and if you don't know your rights you don't know what publishing is you don't know what blah 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 blah, blah is you get nothing and that's why all these guys are whereas the executive producers are not poor true and we're near that. that alone i had one of our lectures was um he he was mani- he's been managing managing like a, a band in the uk i can't remember what it's called but it's one of those he was very much into rock music so it was one of those rock bands um but also he worked as an exec in uh, a label mm-hmm. and obviously as a manager you're working with execs but he was also an audio engineer so he was in the field in different respects like Ali Koko for live for studio so he understood the whole thing and he was saying when you go into like nobody in a label whose label is corporate right so them they just want to sell the stuff so even when they're talking about your music it's a product they're talking about it that like the product will do this 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 and this you as an artist are a product to them because you're generating money yeah. outside of your music yep. is you built a whole brand and they've helped you and you know he was saying things like what these people do is when they recognize you they scout you whatever so you know you go meet the manager they'll take you to like a bougie restaurant you go they buy you alcohol that's when the conversation starts yep. and he was saying they wanted him to sign so he went they had a good time they were they were drunk tipsy whatever they wanted him to sign the contract and he said i'll take this contract with me but up until that point nobody else had ever reacted like that so even then they were surprised they're like no no you can just do it now it's like no i'd like to do it when i'm sober so he was very <laughs> aware of what he was doing though he didn't realize they were trying to like con him per yeah. se but it was afterwards that he assessed the situation and he's like what so you know what they were making him do they were saying when you sign that contract you you're not paying attention but that lunch that you ate there the band is paying for it those alco- those drinks you were sp- <laughs> you were drinking it's you who's paying for it so sometimes when you hear artists died and they died bankrupt or poor but you you're seeing them living lavish when you understand that own. side of it yes it's very it's very easy to grasp why these guys can have ferraris in their videos but in real life their real ferraris being repossessed by the yeah. bank <laughs> and it's as tragic as it sounds it's it's really tragic because people don't really and it's it's like how you've said even the music industry in Kenya has this has this um habit of targeting young 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 guys and girls from the ghetto mm. so this guys will throw a number to like a million can you imagine a million for a guy who's never a guy from a million to me is a lot of money 
So now imagine for someone who hasn't grown up with a lot of money, they'll jump at the chance and they probably think that a million is gonna come back over and over again or they might never see it again. Either way, it's a very it's a very appetizing situation. Yeah. And you sign that contract and you're told and you're signed to it. You don't even read the terms and conditions, Kumbe, you you can only make music with those guys for five years. And you if you if you if you're like screw this contract, let me go and make my own music that's close to my heart. You can't. <laughs> you can't. Because you're exclusively tied to those guys. Yeah. And that's why you hear of artists who disappear. They're like, hey, what happened to Nani? It's because they're just killing what time to for the... What happened to him? To what happened Nini. to Caesar's? Caesar? Caesar? Caesar got lost. Yeah, he was so never bad. found. Imagine till today, I don't think he's been found. <laughs> it's sad. It's tragic. It's like, man, you made a banger. Did, did he? He's not dead. He was never found. Like his body has never been found. He's never been found. I saw an interview maybe like a few years ago. His parents, like the media, went to their place and they're like, "We've never found him." That is crazy. It is. That is actually pretty. Fu- That's so crazy. It is. Because me, I thought he was found and it's just, it's just low key. Because I mean, people stop caring about. Nah, he was never found, and because of him, he was in high school. And I remember even his parents saying how they were so excited. Like his parents were very supportive of his music career, how they pushed. For him so to even weird. continue doing, man, this, that was Where a hit. Caesar, bam, 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 bam. bam. <laughs> yeah, those are the days as the Kenyan music was. Just reminds me of um, royalty. Do you remember that dancing dance mania? What? What? <laughs> I loved that. Everybody loved that. Shit. What? Everybody loved it. I've never, never. <laughs> I haven't heard of that since, like maybe it existed. What? And it's so trippy because as soon as you said it, I've seen like the episodes in my head. Ay, 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 ay. Dancemania was like the dance 360 of Kenya. Now you see if if those guys, <laughs> if those guys understood what royalties are. And what you know, what master rights are, and publishing rights, and all those things, songwriting, you know, all those copyrights, blah yeah. blah blah. Every time that song plays on Dance Mania, you're entitled to Making X money percentage of. Yeah. You're entitled to, and that show goes on for a season. If you have your business right by the time that season is over, you've already made millions. True, and I think the other thing is None obviously we have we have issues with MC Escape, which is a copyright body. Is the people in the system have figured out how to make money within it? Because everybody who has, let me tell you, if you are a restaurant and you have a TV, you pay MC Escape. Yeah. If you have a radio, if you're anywhere operating any business and you play music, including salons, yeah. which there are many, you need to have a license with MC Escape. Honestly, even just from that income. How much money is that? How many salons do we have in this country? And you know, me, I know from experience, like not my business, and but my like tattoos. my mom, those people will harass you. If you not pay, as in action company, not even that you don't pay. If you forgot, you don't have like an automated, <laughs> an automated way of paying. And I can't remember how much the license is. And if it's paid monthly or yearly, I'm not entirely sure. I think sure, it's yearly. But it's I know it's like 10K. Because I remember during Corona is when <laughs> it was being activated and they had closed at that point. And she's like, because they were not open, obviously. So she yeah. paid for a license that she was not going to use. So 
everyone has paid for the license Everybody. but somehow calligraph and a persuji pesa ngapi na kina sensor miambili as in what and your song is playing all the time and it kills me because when i got into radio we do we do you have to write the playlist every every show you do you write the playlist because it's sent to now apra amcos which is a body that covers uh, copyrights and royalties for artists that's not their mcsk that's their mcsk mm. but they have a deal with some countries like the states where when their music is played their artists are being paid royalties that also washes me because i'm like bro i play kenyan music all the time but this book can't even benefit from the royalties that because even if you even if you rem- you you remit those funds to MCSK they go into MCSK CEO and MCSK pockets. doesn't even have a structure strong enough to even yeah. make a collaboration like yeah. that because oh if we God, played Australian so... artists here they get you know their royalties paid yeah. my friend wrote me a song for my show assimilate and i had to file like now the thing for oh this music was written by her because she's um registered in the states so if any royalties are earned she earns the royalties over there so the only way as a kenyan musician if i can get my royalties from australia i have to register with the australian body you can't even because you're not an australian artist it's structured so well to ensure that when australian artists are being played yeah. in in the states they're still making their royalties you know and you know my lecturer he's he, he used to write jingles one of my lecturers he was telling us he gets royalties he gets like ten thousand dollars in his account just sitting because of that jingle he wrote the systems are so seamless that he doesn't need to follow up at how many times was my, was my jingle played he can any the the body is taking its job seriously and so that's why they know. recognize that there's there's a way it, it's beneficial for everyone and the one thing i've seen in melbourne that i'd really like for nairobi to see and i'm not saying nairobi as a city i'm talking about administration wise mm. particularly is as much as you want to see the arts as you're waiting for the arts to show you the 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 money first of all the money is present but the people who recognize that and the value of culture as opposed to just money and experience are everyone but kenyan bodies like why is british council funding things that the government should be doing you know early on got an institute like you know theater if you're not doing a show at alliance where are you doing your show unless you're booking braban Okay, National Theatre. You know, and it's like why do why are these international bodies seeing the value that you are not seeing in your own people? That really is a problem. And so in Melbourne, when we do Melbourne Music Week, there's literally people coming in from different countries for Melbourne Music Week. Not even Australia, Melbourne, one city. You know, artists have streets where they can do graffiti. It's a freaking tourist attraction. Like people go and take photos there because it's not a it's a safari. <laughs> it's what that's what Melbourne is. So you go for that experience out yeah, in the city. Yeah, what is the yeah. city like? Melbourne is very like creative. So there's something happening every day. I can go to a theater show here and walk down the street and go for a concert and you know as in there's so many things. It's a boiling pot that you won't get bored and when you go there you go there for activity as opposed to like well of course there's many things you can do but i just find it so interesting because every month there's a festival happening 
and it's either like a music one a performing arts one like it's very specific to certain things so if you enjoy theater you know when to come like yeah. you know when melbourne film yeah. is on or you know when you know the film festival is on so that alone has created so many opportunities for melbourne as a city outside of its creative scene you know restaurants are making money accommodation is making money like everyone is it's a win win for everybody the problem the problem with this with this kenyan situation is everybody is so self-centered everybody is so so greedy and they just they just want to make money for themselves because even going back to this thing we're talking about with uh with the artist and the executive producers these executive producers see these artists as something to pimp and yeah man it's and mcsk also sees artists as something to pimp and like you've said if people were just willing to sit down take a deep breath and they're like okay let's set up some systems to make the stuff work and blah 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 there'd be more money for everyone even there'd be more money for the people stealing <laughs> but people don't see that and it's the same issue when you go to if you try to bring to fix the water situation in Nairobi cartels mm. would stop it because they thrive of corruption so if you try to set up systems to get money for artists and create an economy and infrastructure trust me there's so many people within that structure who will bite you That's and true. you won't even get started and i think the one person who i think has been consistent and he's really out there for artists and is cuz he understands the value of that is nonini yeah and he's actually pushed for so much change in mcsk so much that they were like i think when was it they said something like at the bare minimum they should pay artists at least 100k because like i'm saying just from those licenses those are millions millions and i'm not sure there's a way Hundreds to track of millions. how many people i don't know if there's a system that shows you how many people have paid because as as far as i'm concerned is this inspectors who come they like where is your license they check steady me shop so come out come funga yesiku as in or if they don't find you or if people pay us to do like i wish i could angle kando you know stuff like that that we know happens and you can bet that those guys who are responsible for checking the licenses are in place when they go there somebody talks to them way way watcha 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 is maneno they need to pass for this guy 3k 4k this guy didn't even process the license exactly but what i wanted to ask you is say i'm a i am a kenyan musician right and i'm like screw this shit i'm going to go to to melbourne with boy black and we're going to start start our career there what yeah. are, what are our chances of making a living very high it just depends with how you want to make a living and i think this is what i've seen how so um, r- just run me through the difficulties the difficult and how it is yeah. um i think from and the possibilities most important and i'm important. speaking not from an artist perspective because of course i'm not an artist yeah but being around artists and working with artists to the level of even you know marketing and pushing for them and from an events like from a curator's perspective also is First of all, anywhere you are in the world, you need to understand how that city works. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning. So as much as maybe it's easier in Melbourne than it is in Nairobi, there's a way Nairobi works. Yeah. That you can leverage to for it to work to like you need to, to figure out how it works. So as much as Melbourne, Melbourne is very when I say it's easy, 
maybe easy is not the word access is not difficult and i think sometimes people who've lived in melbourne do not even know they have opportunities that they have and i could recognize that because again me i'm here on a timeline so i'm trying to make the most out of my time here so i will do the most and figure out like what to do so you find things like grants are available people are not applying for them because already they think it's very difficult to apply for grants so even the percentage that would probably apply doesn't or you apply you don't get once you give up you know there's so many things like that but you see things like even basking performing on the street you literally just have to apply for a license and the license might change in price depending on which street you're on because some streets are busier than others yeah so if you're in melbourne a place like park street the i know the license is it's it's a prime area because it's always busy trams trains shopping like there's so many people who are there um at the same time so everyone would want to go there so also you're competing and they also do auditions so you just don't to be those people who are like hey i'm going to perform like what are you going to do your license is particular to you how many audition people? for the license no 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 uh, not not all of them some mm, you do that's that's some you do that's pretty cool so it's like how many how many are you like are you buying a license as a group are you yeah. buying for yourself are you setting up a whole drum set because there are people who just go and play drums like others are just there with their mic doing their thing it just depends on what performance you want but it's something that you can access you pay for a license you get space um and if you're lucky you get scouted tash sultana was scouted she used to bask and that's how she became tash sultana yeah um but then also from what i'm seeing a lot of my friends are artists and i've interacted with i guess artists on different levels as well is you need to figure out who your target is and how to get to them so i have a friend who was doing tours with not that many songs released she's written songs but she hasn't released many but she's a great performer so she performs really well she gets called for many shows so she built her fan base on doing live shows so she releases songs she already has a fan base so you also need to figure out your dynamic and how you work but that really worked so well for her because even i was fascinated she has like one music video but then when she's on stage you don't even know her songs but then she's just a good performer yeah. um and because she's good people will call her to like open for their shows so it's like oh so you open for me she comes and then she had a partnership with a really really cool band she's a hip hop artist but they play like um afro funk music so their vibes are completely different but then it was there's nowhere i saw them i didn't see her so your friend is uh your friend is a hip hop artist yeah she's uh-huh. a rapper there's see, nowhere i never seen them her stuff, <laughs> i'll send you i'll send you Hey, thank God I didn't even anika who it is before they come at me. Uh, they wouldn't. But um and then I have another friend who's a rapper. Now for him he's a great performer also. Um but he released music and that's how he built his fan base. And then now you see even as a rapper you need to know which venues are my performing at. Yeah. Cuz there venues I play hip hop. So we know those venues. I can a section 8 <laughs> cultural appropriation but like section 8 um <laughs> You know there's there's just two bases you know like they vibe with music with hip hop music so when when you go perform you know the audience that's coming there is knowing what they're going to expect so you know there's someone who be like eh you're cool so like what i noticed with my friend cuz he used to go for his shows a lot is uh 
um i'm just gonna say his name because he's my homie this is daniel Ilya. so he's really good at performing like he's just this people and he's a dancer so now even he incorporates dancing in his in his performance so when you leave you don't feel like i was just listening to someone rapping because you know also with hip-hop like it can be a bit restrictive in terms of the things you can do because maybe you, you want to put dancers again that's performance is different from like being a musician those things are so separate true um but again knowing a target market like where am i doing my show which part of melbourne am i going to the southeast am i going to this part like is my is there people i'm addressing like am i talking to black folk am i talking to white folk because some of depending on the subject matter also of your music so who is it addressed to is it guys who are like from 18 to 20 or am i talking to 40 to 50 year olds are they the ones who enjoy my music um and these are things that i also had to think about when you're putting up gigs is where is the show so once you figure out your demographic where are you going to put the show because there's no way and i'm gonna say this outside like there was a time melbourne international film festival myth did they wanted to do a live score so sampa did the soundtrack so she was doing a live score performance of the soundtrack which is so cool oh my god so sampa's target like the audience when what what happened is first of all they put it at nine o'clock which is fairly late but again the city is still running and i think it was a sunday or a, i think it was a sunday it could have been a saturday also they put it in this place um melbourne exhibition center i'm just saying it for people who know these places and then they realized first of all the tickets are maybe like i think they're about 30 dollars i could be wrong but something like that not less than 30 dollars and they realized like the people who enjoy Sampa's music have not bought the tickets because a majority of that demographic is black folk and that's our audience um but then they were selling this screening with Sampa because she's a big brand and she's a great artist and they knew her fans which is us people would want to go watch it because of her they couldn't even know what the film is about but us guys want to come and see Sampa and then you end up staying for the film exactly yeah and it was a live score so also that was like bro me i've never seen a live score me i want to see it and it's sampa so it's gonna be dope i want to see it but then they realized like tickets were not selling so even being in a because the demographic lives in places like the southeast where the train is one hour this show starts at 9 30. that's already late the last train maybe is leaving at 11 30. so already me i've counted my inconveniences i'm like even if i really really want to come it's going to be really hard for me to figure this out unless i'm driving which is an inconvenience for certain people or there's just so many nitty-gritties that you need to think about so it figured that point they started giving community leaders free tickets but they're not giving us because they want us to come they're giving us because they realize we're not there and it's going to look bad so you see things like that you're like is melbourne a, a white very white town it's what? pretty mixed yeah. melbourne is very multicultural so why, why the lack of people because pricing, pricing. convenience where melbourne exhibition center is already so from, you have to take an hour down no 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 it's in the city but it's just the part of the city where it's at like even if you're training again where are, where is the audience living you know where do people live how long is it going to take them nine o'clock if this thing was at seven it would make more sense again thirty dollars am i able to get thirty dollars you know and these things go as far as who are you targeting and from where i was sitting they were targeting her audience 
you know but then it was not reflecting even in marketing like bro if how you not it was just a matter of like oh crap we didn't meet our target so now let's do damage control unapenaje tickets like how are you giving out tickets the day the day before if you really wanted the tickets to sell you could have figured something out like hey we'll give a concession for maybe you can get the tickets at $20 you know you make initiatives but it's because what we're talking about exact same things the people who are sitting in those rooms they don't know how to reach these markets they're, dis- they're so disconnected and that's where the conflict becomes comes with the with the even with the artist when he's like this is the music i want you to make they're like z this is the music you're going to make but he knows his people like he's not talking out of nowhere yeah, and yeah. he knows his craft he knows who he's talking to or who she's talking to who they're communicating to so it's and then the people there don't understand you because them the idea is to make money and then when it doesn't work out what's that song there's a line dave says like you know the level the the label starts dropping you and people start wondering what's happening because even them they realize like ah okay these guys are making us money so instead of us just wasting time keeping you here we'll just drop you and then everything changes because maybe of you know various reasons and that's the part that people do not see at all that's the part that people don't see and it's but you see when you th- i remember i remember seeing someone underlying underlying the part the part business in music business these people most most of what is the music business is not made up of people who are absolutely passionate about the process of making music yeah it's people who probably really like music people who you know listen to a lot of music and they saw that as an opportunity to you know to make a business out of music it's like how i could i could be a fan of, of shoes mm. but i have no idea how shoes are made i don't really care much about how shoes are made and i just go and collect shoes and my my the only thing i'm thinking about is making a profit from me, from selling these shoes i don't really care about how the factory workers feel i don't really care about where the materials are coming from i don't really care about you know the history of all that stuff and it's very evident when you look at the way the music business is run that it's run by these people it's not run it's not the independent the independent labels or really the because also independent these days is also losing a lot of independence yeah it's losing <laughs> a lot of the feeling of what being independent was about but the true independence are the outliers in the industry the rest is just people who are it's business then music then music it's true and you don't have to sacrifice both that's the thing and that's what i think yeah, that's what no these like these independent indie labels that are working they're centered around the artists yeah so they they make it work yeah you know and for that to work you need to we're not saying that you don't do business with music i mean it's your craft it make it lucrative and be smart and find a way to make it lucrative but also be the judge and i think what's enticing even with labels is it's a validation to the artist when a label is approaching you like yo we want to sign you you're like what me me and there's that Little moment me. of like <laughs> i'm dope yeah and then things don't maybe materialize the way you wanted and it it goes back to what you're saying there's a lack of knowledge 
there's a huge chunk of and even some of these people who are running these so-called labels don't know what they're doing so it's like all of you are experimenting but then you're the one getting hurt as in you know it's like and even things are smaller signing contracts but they imagine it to those terms and conditions you'd rather take even a whole week or even, you even fully get get it to a lawyer and exactly. and, and tell him if this contract is good then yo I'll, i will i will you'll take clean 10% get an entertainment lawyer but yeah, the way this oh my god there's an entertainment lawyer who came to uni and he was just explaining things because but can you get an entertainment lawyer in this city also man look for a lawyer friends and tell <laughs> them to do entertainment law <laughs> but it's as easy as him looking things get complicated even when you when you become bigger and you're touring and you know it's things like what what are you expected to do what is expected of you and this is where lawyers come in because those contracts that you're getting some of them first of all they use big language and they just make it hella complicated and it things you're like just use basic english please but the lawyer their job is to see that loophole is to see that thing that's not working yep. and sometimes lawyers will negotiate for you so especially a lawyer who who has who has a standing in the industry and is respected by people mm. they will always know how to get you a better deal Yeah, lawyers are not just there to, to bail you out when you're caught. Yeah. What we see on TV. Again. Have you heard of this thing called 360 deals? No, what is that? See, traditionally the music industry would would have an artist and their their source of income from the artist is the sale of CDs. Yeah. So they the artist gets a 10% royalty or 15% royalty or whatever, depending on how big you are, but never never more than 20%. And then the rest goes to label administrative costs and all those things and to your manager and blah 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 now these days i don't know how recently it started but it's it's a fairly recent development in the music industry where now 360 deals it encompasses now when you go and perform the label calls so from that ticket that you charge your match they cooler that as well from so now they're looking at every avenue that an artist can possibly make money and then they take a chunk out of that that makes sense if we're thinking i understand how the label is making money from that because it's it's <laughs> because Ooh, it's heavy the label is also giving you is a, it's a value add yeah that yeah makes sense Yeah. So, and for you to stay where like relevant, which is their point, they need to find more ways to add value. So, all those things you've listed make so much sense. And now people are going back to vinyl, and it's going a step higher that I can give you a signed vinyl and a plain vinyl. Mm. So, this one is signed by me, and that one is just plain. And I bought vinyls because I didn't want to. You know, cause I one day we went to the record store um and someone was performing and then after obviously because they're performing they're selling their stuff, which is a great marketing way and I think also it's a way to think of performances and how performances can be done in different spaces and different ways. Because yeah. I was like this is so brilliant. Like it's a win-win for everyone. Um but you know me I wasn't even planning to buy the vinyl, but afterwards I was like and yeah, it's here. It's just $40. So I bought it. But and you of think I, 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 I didn't even have 
like seventy plates. Yeah, but so but hey, the performance is great. That's the point. But <laughs> that's what the label wants. Is yeah. they also find smart ways of them not telling you buy this, but they yeah. be like, oh my yeah. god, match. Like every time there's a concert I've gone to, match is not cheap. Yeah. You can spend two hundred dollars on match. But, okay, but that performance. Oh. It's not even about the performance. It's just the artist. Yeah. Like me, I remember asking people to buy for me. I didn't go to see Kendrick Lamar's concert because the tickets sold out. But I remember being like, "Yo, buy me much." But those are also concerts that you never get much because. What sold year was out. this? Twenty, I think seventeen. So it was before it was after the dam. dam to, was it the dam tour? It was the one. I think it was dam. <sighs> yeah, which was tragic because that's actually my favorite Kendrick album. And Evan has my favorite before people come at me because every time I say that, people are like, no, I'm like, no. I said my favorite. Yeah. May, I don't know. But yeah, I see how how labels do that. But it's when you start thinking about it, you're like, yo, I really hope this man is going towards the artist because at that point, you don't know. But you see, even, and you can tell how labels work with how involved the artist is in their craft. Mm. Like the artist I see, I'm like, this is their story, fam. Like, man, man, I love some for the great. Like, it's not even a secret. Like, you know, I share stuff all the time, play her all the time. But her previous album, even the story behind it, you listen to it, you're like, this is someone who has a team that's supporting her vision. It's not Ati, do your thing, we're here, we'll do whatever. Yeah. Like, the whole presentation of it is just phenomenal. And she's telling her story, and she found ways of doing that. She went back to Zambia and Botswana to shoot her music video. As in she involved locals because that's what she wanted. You know, her parents are in the video. As in because this story started then, she's showing you where it started. So it's not like a music video that we just made that looks bougie and fancy. There's purpose. There's a story that she's telling and she wants you to see it the way she wants it to see it. You know? And I So really, I feel like what... It's it's really up to the artist to, to determine how badly they want to push their story and not not the labels because it it could be it could be up to the artist as well yes and no yeah. because you can be tied by the label i know of another artist obviously i can't mention her name but she's fairly big in aussie yeah and i remember her saying like she's just waiting for the contract to end mm. because even things like where you show up literally like hang out with your friends like no no you can't go there Yo, you know things that's like slavery don't take videos in these places because venue so it becomes a bit controlling with some of them but if you do not know those cassette that cassette story the reason i know is because you know the inter- industry you interact yeah. um, and i just remember her telling my friend like you don't sign to this label for this reason but also not don't sign she was like this is why i wouldn't advise because um the person approached her because they knew she was there. It was like, oh, how is it? So that's what she said. And also, there was Kidogo controlling, being, being controlled. But I listened to her music and I'm like, I can't tell. Because this is so her. But I'm not sure if it's her, I might say label now. After I heard that story, I'm like, Anya, what do you want to do? Because, and you know things like even, I know it's as bad as 
Oh, maybe I shouldn't say this because it's going to be a bit more obvious. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah, about it. <laughs> I'm like, Nikki Sama, I'll start appearing on the TMZ of Australia, which I don't know what it is. <laughs> Daily Mail. <laughs> hey, I don't want to get caught up. And I'm so far away, so how are you going to catch me? But what I, what I meant is, I think knowing, knowing what you want to do with your own, with your own story beforehand, before signing ah. papers. Because once you sign those papers, as you've said, you you you'll be tied to something that you you don't want to be tied to, and you don't have a choice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's. I think even with other things, like generally with, you know, even where you put out your music, like who's there's some people, and that's the thing with finding out who your target is. Mm. You know, like you need to figure out who you're targeting. Because as much as you've created this art that you want everyone to, you can be like everyone. Yeah. Bro, figure out who you're targeting. True, true. And then everyone <laughs> will come when yep. there's the people you target and then the ones who come because, yeah. like, unequilateral. Like, they came because they had you and they thought you were cool. Because they, they knew or, people you were targeting. Exactly. Or yeah. they saw you perform. That's happened to me so many times. There's so many artists I've never listened to. I saw live and I'm like, whoa. And then I went and looked for them. Um, which has never been disappointing. But you see, that, that I was not the target. Maybe I was the target of the live show, but when he was doing his music, maybe I was not part of them because he didn't find me. Me, I just found him live. So I think you also need to figure out, like, in terms of avenues and how, how also... You need to figure out yourself and what you want to do. And each project is different. What do you want with whatever project you're working on? Like, and then that will allow you, what you're saying, to figure out if this is a good deal for me or not. Because mm. even things like streaming, streaming sites are not built for for us. And by us, I mean like Africans. Yeah. All these streaming sites, half of them are from Europe. So, and their target is Europe and US. US is never left out of that you know thing and that's why you have things like spotify that don't work here properly they lock you out because it's not in Ke- like it's it was not made for kenya so it doesn't work in your favor yeah so things like disney plus you want to watch black is king but you can't because you can't. you're not the target you have to go to f movies <laughs> or you have to watch series VPNs <laughs> up a, like you're in a different country yeah. so and the reason i even mentioned streaming sites is because even your way of making money is going to be very different from another artist or somewhere else because you want it was not for you so even things like playlists and of course these things are growing and they're expanding and yeah now i feel like the whole world is exhausting their space and they're looking to tap into africa yeah. and i hate to say it it's great because it's opening up us to the world but we're being used like we have platforms like mook that we own why are we buying stuff on apple and buy on mook true you know like and you can own that thing of mook because you don't have to play it on apple and mook you MOOC, can play it anywhere mook is crazy fair with what they take there's no you make four cents per stream on spotify more or less the same on on apple music when you sell anything on MOOC, all they take is eight percent. You don't get that even on iTunes. Mm. Nothing close to that. Mm. Maybe band Bandcamp doesn't cooler anything, but yeah, Bandcamp is an outlier. And as well, Bandcamp 
has not been designed for us. Yeah. So I feel like our solutions kind of not kind of 100% lie here because as you've told me about Australia and every time people tell me stories about music the music industry in the western world I always feel very I always feel like a temptation to be like you know what screw Kenya let me just go there and take my talent there they'll appreciate me there mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that in but trying. it's a shock it's it's I feel like it's it's you're allowed to do that but it's sort of like an escapism mm. like how was your experience when you went to Germany like what did you what was that like I felt like any it was an, it was a validation everything I could everything felt like it was possible mm. here there, there's so many mental barriers that stop you from really thinking of what's possible but even when I have conversations with people that I I made friends with there when i pitch a music idea to them or when they talk about a music idea it doesn't seem so far fetched here in kenya just the idea of living off music living off art is so far fetched so freaking far fetched that even when you want to do the bare, you know the bare minimum or you're selling an album to someone it feels like you're trying to create something out of dust yeah i see that and i think there's beauty in that because you know I've I've been watching City so I watched Blinkies and I watched Mudonis and I saw some parallels with those two people they make incredibly different music but just a band no one else is doing music like those guys yeah even now no one's and making music like them they are just in their own level and they had their own audience here But the audience outside was like crazy and even not even to some even Blinky Bill as an artist the people who don't know Blinky Bill which is okay I'm not saying like all artists need to be known the way they are but I think there's a genius that he has that is so recognizable by other people more than we do it, it's like it can be perceived here it's and <laughs> I hate to use this word but people say it's ahead of its time or is not um is outside of this city and that's what Mudoni was saying with her music is someone she kept getting um all these statements like yeah but this is not for Kenyans or oh this is not for Nairobi and then when she went to Amsterdam she saw how people received her music and she's like what i've been trying you know she's talking about how she went to kiss and she was still like yeah this is dope this is so dope but no one would want to listen to this on radio which is true and but that's what i'm saying and that's being in radio and i'm lucky i am on community radio because you get to play whatever you want literally i get to choose my playlist i do it and you have the power <laughs> to change what people listen to because that's where it starts it starts on radio ka umeskia kwa radio when you una play to your like you're hearing chris brown chris brown chris brown chris brown or whatever is the same way i should be hearing waka kili hippie you know or now the akina blinkies and whatever and we are transitioning but it's still so slow i don't understand how international artists get more airplay than your local people that thing baffles me it's it's doable and then even it's so like their music their music is not better it's Lebanon better it's the same song i had uko at 9am when i come back to the car at 12pm It's the same song I'm hearing. 
but also because these these companies are not they are owned by Europeans and Americans like Radio Africa is not owned by mm. not owned by Africans. Fair. We need to create our own. It's called radio, and yeah, I think that's what I was trying to say with this whole thing. It's, I think, there's a responsibility that lies with the artists to also look for avenues that stay here. You know. Yes. To find our own solutions to our problems, because that's what these guys are doing. This guy, this guy who made Spotify was like you know how will this work for a european audience he didn't think the last you think he thought of nairobi <laughs> but us guys are trying to panda because even yeah. oh, even to the lead God. up to my album i'm thinking oh, i need to get on a spotify playlist yeah of course these guys are not gonna look at me who the hell am i okay correction they will probably look at you but go on in the sense of i see what you're saying but that's the other thing yeah like I think it's good for artists to also now find ways to use those platforms because it's giving you an international audience. True, true. That's the advantage because when I play your song on my show, the artist, when I put your name there and someone is checking the playlist, they're like, who the hell is Kitty Hippie? And if they stream on Spotify, that's where they're going to look for you. So if yeah. they don't find you, they're like, ah. True, You true. know, if I use Apple Music, I'll go and search Kitty Hippie on Apple and I'll be like, oh, okay, he's here. So you also need to find ways of expanding. And you know that thing I'm talking about like their sound we were not seeing it but the, it's being seen outside. Yeah. So what you're saying when you're pitching your ideas to these guys you met in Germany they're like yeah. Yeah. But also they are seeing it. <laughs> they they're get already, it instantly. It's a thing. And I think what we need to do even as artists now who are based in Nairobi yeah. is imagine do your thing kwasababu that avenue is going to come out somewhere and unfortunately even if it means you go out and come back which is what i hate and i think people who managed to it will it will work it will work out and i don't know obviously i can't dictate to everyone like oh this is how you need to do your work or whatever but for me it's got to a point where um i just decided like i'm just going to do my work and wherever the opportunities are that's where i go like for me it's not about location it's not about I don't know like whenever the opportunity comes out I'll see what the opportunity is for me and I'll make it work and Banner Boy has done it if there's someone who's done it it's Banner Boy bro Banner Boy plays in the club as in that song you can just be having and you just hear a bunch of people having that song but that's the power of but his artistry and that album was African giant. He wasn't trying to be Chris Brown. He was being Burner Boy. True. Like I'm Nigerian. True. Kau Africa, you know. But that thing still went beyond Africa. And I think that is the power of what you're saying. The artist knows what they want. So even when it gets to that point where you're making it in Germany, you're making it in Australia, you're making it wherever, you're making it as yourself. Sampa the Great, she's Zambian. You know, like she's African. So even when she's making it in Australia and they're trying to claim her, <laughs> yeah, she actually spoke about that. And, yeah. and that was a huge part of this album is she wanted to show people where she's from. She's African. Like she's not Australian. And she lives in Australia. And her, you can hate in her music. Even if you don't want to hate, you'll still hate in her music. And she talks about it and she's it's something she's proud of. And that's what Freedom was about. Like, you know, that's this album. So, but she's made it, she's done her thing, which 
maybe was outside of everyone else but it was just Safa so even when Jada is reposting her stuff it's still Safa and it's a sound that she wanted so it's very I guess it gets really derailing and you know you tend to see the easy way out and the label is an easy way out not all labels but you know even them they're seeing how you you are an easy way for them to make money and stuff yeah, like that yeah. so it's up to you to figure out what you want and assess the situation of how to get there and you need to sometimes you make wrong decisions i mean it's part of the job so it just depends how how much you want to keep making the wrong decision like forever or for two months or you know you have to figure out how to get yourself out of now that mistake but mistakes are to be made and to be learned from um yeah and i guess in kenya it can be I get it because I'm also talking as someone who's who got out. I can't really imagine having done the things I've done if I didn't go to Australia right now. You know, like where when would I have curated a festival? I've had to know like a gazillion people for me to get to a point where I'm curating. Yeah. And for me to curate, I maybe it's probably my own festival as in there's so many stairs I had to climb but all I had to do in Australia is apply for a grant and they're like yo wagwan you got it so now produce your own show and even that moment for me was like what okay it's, it's like th- it's this easy <laughs> but it was also validation that yeah. bro you're dope and you can make something dope and a whole freaking festival has chosen you, you. to do one of their shows for them and Yeah, so obviously as much as I'm saying like all these things, I'm also speaking from a point of having that privilege and opportunity to see things outside. And what that did for me just opened my eyes. So as much as I'm here, it's challenging for me here because <laughs> I don't know half of the people you have to start, you know, making connections again. Yeah. You know, you're networking, you have to prove yourself a gazillion times because here now some places it's numbers of a skill. How many followers did you have? So such Tanzania could compete. Like now to carry. Me I'm competing with skill. Yeah. And then the assessment is numbers. So yeah. you know you have to figure out how to how to use what you have to kind of work for you, which is so difficult. Um but that numbers thing bothers me. I'm like seriously. That's where we're at. Okay, cool. Can't compete. <laughs> and it's a thing what it's, it's a, a thing. thing and i think like it's it's a thing everywhere it's not really like uh, it's, it's like how we we're talking about how we we're talking about in the last the last podcast <laughs> 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 that this social media thing is it it cuts like it cuts across in a very very odd way it's um people don't so know the, the value of skill and actual things that you know tangible things that matter and all that shit is just thrown aside like who are you and social media is like a, it's like a social cv it's like yeah it sucks social cv <laughs> social hey, cv guy it's terrible it's terrible but how has it been like for you now you released two albums so like from the first one What was experience like like from the first one to the second one and to now that they're both out like what even as an artist like what has not what is that what has that been like 
do you know for me i think i think when you're so immersed in the process let me say it for me because i'm so immersed in my process i tend to not take stock of things until i'll probably realize what these albums were 5 or 10 years from now but the only thing i realize from the only thing i realize right now is the importance of actually doing doing the things because there's there's the temptation of feeling like i need to have 10,000 people a million people caring about me before i can put on my album but how the hell will i get to those 10,000 people or a million people if i don't do the music right now if i don't take the leap and if i don't believe in what i'm worth right now and especially the black circle what it did for me was it validated to me which is always the most important person to impress that my music is pretty fucking good pretty fucking amazing because everybody I've shown that album has even people who don't really listen to music that deeply mm. it's just been able they you mentioned last time that the intention will be felt like put the intention in the art and then people will feel it and fuck with it on that level yeah and that's what that stuff has shown me so it's been a validation on that level to make me understand that it's all about putting it in the music and just leaving it to be cause that's what matters and that's what brings all the satisfaction and fulfillment so to me it doesn't matter the numbers don't matter to me mm. what matters is is that feeling that nothing else can give yeah yeah and yeah i think that's those especially especially the last album that's what it's done for me and the first one was more of just also that validation thing cuz i worked with so many artists on that album and being able yeah. to send it to guys who are who are doing music way before me and them listening to my beats and being like whoa crazy stuff crazy stuff i want to work i mean let's work let's work and they're all people i'm i was fans of all people they're all people i'm still currently fans of and for them to fuck with me and like what i was doing it was just a validation so it always just goes back to to the heart you know and it's learning i'm i'm learning how to take that i i want to i want to take that with me everywhere i go and never change my process because it's always about the intention yeah yeah and the love for what i do you know and one day one day it's going to go from a couple hundred people to couple of thousand people to a couple hundreds of thousands of people mm. and a million people one day so but you can you can't go there if you don't start with the tens true and the hundreds 100% and you <laughs> yeah. need to start you know i was talking to now someone else and we were talking about um how to even present like your work and stuff And I was saying like he 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 went with this what's it called msemo like kizuri chajuza kibacha chichembeza which I guess directly translates like something good will sell itself yeah and the bad thing has to like walk around and treat itself but I remember saying to him like 
as much as kizuri kinajiuza lazima uweke hapo they have to put it for people lazima to see lazima uuze lazima uianike <laughs> so that watu wanunue uh, like you have to put it out so people see and putting it out looks like if you release if you have a film tell people you have a film okay at if you upload it and you wait for natural views Bro, <laughs> how will we know if we want to keep watching it or not? Yeah. How will we know if we want to keep listening to something or not? And sometimes artists are caught in that thing for you feel like you don't want to promote stuff. Be proud of what you've done and literally put it out. Tell people what you've done, then now leave it to them. But you can't expect the people to find it everywhere in the black circle. <laughs> like how are we going to figure out it exists? And that's something artists need to like not all artists i think some people have had that and i think i understand that thing for i don't want to force you and you're not forcing anyone you're just informing them then they decide what they want to do with it yeah and i really like the first album i haven't fully listened to the second one um i also don't like listening to albums halfway like i want to listen to it like beginning to end that's the then only way come, like stuck is what i'll pick yeah. song number 5 and then song number 7 like that and i remember the first time i listened to the album which i guess was the original the arrangement yeah. before yeah. the mixtape yeah before that i had listened maybe to stuff that you were doing on SoundCloud and you had done this collab with Stefan Stallone i think it was his i am mm Yeah, yes, Flanta, Flanta, yes. Flanta, yeah, for yeah. his EP. Yeah. And I was like, "Bro, this is cool." And I think for me I was also thinking of the last time I heard of your stuff. You know, it's just once for oh, you've released something I listen. So I'm also seeing that journey of like, "Eh, hey, you've grown." <laughs> As in even just how the beats sound. And so when you sent me the before it was the his demo the very very first one, it ended and i'm like guys it's over as in that's the feeling i got i'm like emesha because i just wanted to keep listening to more stuff and that's what i feel like when i listen to it anyway yeah. but individually those tracks are dope <laughs> and i just couldn't understand how other people don't know about it so if i'm that person like if something is cool i'm like yo have you heard of I'll, I'll I'll be those people for oh have you heard this song or have you whatever I'll introduce you yeah. and then if you've listened it's even better because we now start talking about it so even when I played I remember the first song I think of yours I ever played on a radio show I was actually feeling it for someone was um the Teo song with uh with Leroux Leroux mm. man first of all Leroux She's just so wow like her voice she just bumbles me. Anyway, it was that she's track. She's really cool in person. And I remember someone listened to it and they cuz I was feeling in for someone so they talked to the person of the show. And so she wasn't dying. She's like, "Wait, I remember playing this song to Jenny." So then she forwarded the email to me and to someone asking like, "Where are these guys from?" Bro, somebody excited. I'm like, "They're Kenyans." Like, <laughs> though I always say it on the show like just yeah. for people to because I'm trying to introduce people to the Kenyan sound is different. There's traditional instruments, cool. There's hip hop, there's R&B, there's everything you can think of. There's diversity. But it makes me so happy when I introduce someone to a track and then they like it. I'm like, yes. It's the best feeling. Now the they always remember like, ah, that person they introduced me to. And I told you about how I played your track like in the car and people were like, whoa, this is dope. 
but that was it kizuri kimejiuza that's what i mean like you had to put it out so i plug it to someone else so they know it's dope and then them they take it alafu inaendelea so ilijiuza cuz i was not there convincing them like apana you didn't hear that snare sound over there they just loved it for themselves just for the music just for the music just cuz it's good and just cuz they wanted to like you know they liked it so could use i manishi as in you sit on something forever it's that's how it sells itself cuz it's just good and so it becomes an organic thing and i remember how excited i was when you put the album on spotify cuz i was a first subscriber <laughs> so i was like yes i subscribed first but i get really excited also Because what I'm saying is I I've seen that growth. And so even for now, you know, Black Circle, I'm like, "Um Sam, if I do album, I'm if I do album in Guinea." As in you guys can't see how cool this thing is, but it's also because that's how it's coming from you and it's how I'm receiving it. It's like, "Yeah, here's some cool stuff. Just listen to it because I know it's cool." So even me I have that confidence for, "Yeah, it's dope." Like I haven't listened, but you have heard of this guy so even when you had and the reason i keep on saying this stuff is because i want people to also understand how you support your friends is not always money yeah you know well, i think people get caught in that kind of thing i feel like even the money the money matters much less than than anything else because this this story i could sit down and listen to your story because i've heard you've told me you've told me that story before and i could sit down five more times 10 more times and listen to it because it sounds like it's coming from from deep within mm. so my intention has gone from my heart into the music into your heart you know yes. and that to me is more it's it's more important than if i had a thousand a million people list, just listening to my stuff and you know doing that chewing gum music as people say just yeah, yeah, I've never heard that term, but cool. just okay I don't know if it's people but <laughs> I, that's what I that's what I call it it's like people people you know then they spit it out and then it's like what what's next what's next what's what's what what else is there to to nini but I don't make music that's chewing gum music I make music that needs to be digested and you know it it has nutrients and it's good for your body and your yeah. soul and stuff like that and Everybody who tells me what they feel for my music comes from that direction. It's all like wow, wow, wow club banger. And I mean make club bangers if that's your thing. Yeah. Because I feel like there needs to be a contrast in life in general. But that's not the kind of music I make. So just hearing someone talk about my music in a glowing way. That shit is worth. It's it's oh, I can't. It's priceless. It's priceless. And that's what you you can't also express to people sometimes. Yeah. When you're like when they immediately ask so how much money did you make and it's like that's not the point. The point is there's more value in what I put out and it translated. As in that was my intention. It doesn't mean any by the ways. Like it just so happened that that's what happened. And you know even for me when I do that stuff like I have many friends who make music. I'm not saying I play all their music on radio, but it's the fact that I understand how difficult it can be to get on that platform because people gatekeep. And here I am, I've been complaining about it and I'm like I'm in a position to solve that problem. So let me solve it. As 
as far as I can do that and as much as I can do that because when I hear people saying oh there's not that much good Kenyan music I'm like where are you sitting oh my god there's too much good Kenyan music it is a lot so imagine good. and that you soundcloud I tell you, you don't even need to go far and that's what I was saying initially like here's what you have if soundcloud is your outlet and you don't know how to get to spotify and apple and whatever start there because people like me I literally find songs for radio on soundcloud because I'll hate and I'm like what and there are artists who have some of their tracks there that they haven't released on other platforms like it's just for the SoundCloud listeners and then you feel special because I'm like bro me I'm that special person SoundCloud is mad it's mad beautiful I remember when even before I'd ever made any songs and I I remember going on there and listening to uh, Balance you know Balance by Jason Kalinga please tell me you know I do I do because my classmates actually worked a lot with him I just remember listening to that stuff and I'm like this 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 is Kenyan this I I was in disbelief because I I thought Kenyan music could only sound a certain way and that this guy could sound so different and be so sound so confident in how different he was SoundCloud is a freaking treasure trove it's a resource to say the very least wow and i i really long for the day where we are just open to hearing different things um, anywhere it is anywhere it doesn't matter yeah as like, long as it's good bro i had this song from Suji brazil on capital juicy and i'm like what is this show at night it should be during the day because even the the songs that they were playing like the, i'm forgetting the name of the show and the presenter but i swear to god when i remember i put it here because of all mainstream like radio stations i was like me at us do what happens during the day but this show is authentic like i can i know she's research i know she's put this so i can feel how she's curated the tracks because you can you can hear how they're following each other how she knows about the artist is she dj ama she, she no, plays she's play. it's a playlist but it's that thing even as a presenter when i'm saying kili hippy and someone doesn't know who he is I'm the person introducing to them to you. you. Yeah. So I need to do a proper introduction yeah. of you as an artist. Like not do you a disservice because it's someone who doesn't know you. The same way I'll introduce Beyoncé and maybe God, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't know who Beyoncé is. <laughs> But you know, like the way you introduce someone is what they'll remember. So maybe they like the track and then after the track I say, you know, I don't know, he's an indie artist. You know who's listening, bro? I love him to Kutafute and then something comes out of that. And I know of people who've gotten gigs from Radio Play. Someone just had a song on radio, then they fatter you, then maybe they see you perform and then they look for you and then they find you. So a lot of things happen and we just be purpose, purposeful in, I guess, every space that you're in because... You never know what could happen. You never know what could happen. Do you know every time I make a beat I'm always thinking if I if I if I play this beat for Jaco would he take it? Bro, Lut gave you a shout out. How they forget? What? <laughs> I did not expect uh, that. And it was you. you remember, I think it was you who, who com- yeah, you oh, you made the first yeah, comment and then I was like see him tag Joe. <laughs> <laughs> It's like fuck it. I remember the guys came and tagged and tagged and tagged and then Ah, that was Oof, beautiful. That was I'm beautiful. just like And I know one day I because this is how I know one day I'll work with Lute. Because I remember so many times 
after I had listened to West 1996.2. That was probably my favorite album. That was my favorite album for like six months after I listened to it. And I I'd always just meet up with people and be like, yo, even the guys I'm working with, and I'm like, make music like loot. Make, I'd always play them loot jams. Okay, not make music like loot, but like this is a quality level you need to get to. And everybody I'd meet up with, if, I, if I'm nerding out about music to people, I'm just telling them, yo, loot, 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 loot. I remember one time sending beats randomly to him when he, he, he um, you know, sometimes these guys ask producers to send beats on Twitter. Yeah. So I sent him beats and he never replied. But it's intentional, like, that you tagged him and, you know, that it he saw it. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. That's how I know it won't happen. It probably won't happen in the next few months. But I know I will work. I will be in a studio one day with Loot. And I know I'll be in a studio one day with J. Cole because I know that's what I gear my music towards. Making music with people who make timeless music. So eventually we'll just we'll just conquer now and this is this is testament to the fact that I'll replay this when yeah, that time comes. When that time comes. Like, excuse me, <laughs> I can't call Kilibi because I don't have his new number. Like, I know it. I know it in my soul. Man, like, that's a good. Man. I actually believe that. But that was exciting. Like me, I was so like, cool. what? So cool. He's seen, but it was also you could tell he's not just responding for the sake of it. Like Um Sam is beat. Like he was, he listened to the beat, and it was just nice that something so small again you don't have to give your friends money you do stuff like that to yeah. their career in a different way because if you didn't tag the other guys would not have tagged there was even like <laughs> even you come here like maybe i don't even know who loot is but let's just most guys didn't know who loot was <laughs> <laughs> everyone on this comment section is tagging loot and it's things like you know someone is trying to get into a competition you need to vote bro vote listen to it and vote also if you're seeing like and yeah this thing you go can you go out don't be those people who now let your friends like just go and be like hey maybe and don't go at here and bash them like ah uh-uh, this thing is work be like hey what if you did this this and this i think it would be better than what it's like that is constructive criticism and someone will be like oh and yeah i didn't even think of that and then they'll switch it up and it become better and maybe it works out eventually but yeah like do those things for your friends because it goes a long way man like I mean, loot, that's a very long way. And it even shows, like, your, what, what I was saying before, whatever the, it might not be here that they're seeing value, but wherever that value is being seen, what are going on in value? Mazi. Mazi. And that value is going So, atam kikata kucheza hisi demo, mi badona echeza Australia. <laughs> and people people that's that's the thing and i don't even hold it against people because initially i think i used to i used to catch feelings and be like oh my god you guys are not listening to my music or whatever but right now i don't even care because i know once my music is appreciated elsewhere people will love it here and that's just how people work i don't even think it's a thing that is um, particular to kenya i feel yeah. like it's a world people just wanna people wanna have that sense of community and I feel like nothing does that better than music so 
that's why people if Drake releases a song everyone wants to listen to Drake because you can talk about you see like how you said when you if you ask someone if they've listened to a song of a VC demo and they tell you oh yeah I've listened to it mm. that conversation will be litty <laughs> but if someone hasn't it's not as good so people like Drake offer that for people it's like a thing that if you say have you listened to the Drake song Although I don't listen to Drake but <laughs> I don't listen to Drake. Why don't I listen to Drake? Because I am a big 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 I I'm hip ah, hip hop is my soul. Mm. You know? Ask, oh, my I can't I cannot you even of hip hop. Like the first time I played him your music. He could tell, you see? Yeah, and he's a big fan. Man, I need to introduce you guys to each other because I feel like Please, have a man, we need to get along. We need, I need but more I scholars. Him I didn't even send him an album. I think I sent him a track. Ama, I told him and he went and did his own car to findings. But he was like, yo, this guy is a scholar of hip hop. And I was like, it's true. You guys would like. I am. I am. And when you're a scholar of hip hop, one of the main tenets that underlie what hip hop is about is you write your own lyrics. And a big part of, of the pride of being an MC, master crowd is reciting stuff that comes from your heart your heart so me the moment i heard that drake has a ghost writer it might sound petty to people but for me and i know what it means mm. from that day i stopped listening to drake and he is drake to me is a pop he's a pop artist and hip hop right now is pop so he is the biggest artist because hip hop is pop pop is hip hop i mean or rather the way people perceive hip hop in the public light is yeah pop basically actually pop is what's popular, popular music. music yeah so it's it is pop right to. now and i don't listen to pop actually mm. all pop music i don't listen to pop no matter what form it takes whether it takes the form of edm or takes the form of whatever pop is because mm. i feel like it dilutes artistry and that's why I do not listen to Drake. Why don't you listen to Drake, Duta? <laughs> <laughs> I don't not listen to Drake. I don't uh-huh. actively look for Drake. Yeah. You don't even have to look so, for Drake. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like for me I'm not like I think the one project that I I didn't even listen to Scorpion. I listened to some songs from Scorpion. So I really liked Finesse. And nice for what but to be honest i liked nice for what because of the music video let's just be honest all those women who are there i'm like yes um but i liked it because it was no it became like a hype song for me because of the video like be like yeah man um but that's it like me are talking Lisa, even from views as in those songs i can't tell i can't i don't think i can say even Ten songs of Drake, so it's not someone I go look out for. And I guess even the way I listen to music, it's just like if something is nice, it's nice. It doesn't matter who's who's behind yeah, the music. Yeah. For me, it's just if it's nice, it's nice. Of course, there's just those artists like Caesar for me that I follow, but it's because she's done enough for me to just be keen for the next one. Like it's not a disappointment for me. I'm like two of her projects, entire projects. I'm like boss. So when she said she's releasing a new album, was it in September? I was like, catch me there. I'll be I'll be waiting. And so Lange is another one of those artists for me where I just 
think she's an she's an artist like even her videos her storytelling when you listen to her music and i listened to how they made queens in the sky that was it this is podcast called song exploder listen to it but it basically they sit with artists and they talk about a specific song that they wrote and the entire process of it and they play you stuff so like they play you what it was like in the beginning when they played around with the things it's really really dope so when i listened to that podcast and she talked about cranes in the sky i was like wow they made the sound like there's like a sound go towards the end that sound was made by a toy from toys r us like she's just walking and she's like she went she just played around with it she's like okay i'm going to buy this and that's how they oh, made the sound amazing. so for me like stuff like that is what entices me i'm like you're able to make things out of whatever is like you can make something become what you want it to become so yeah i guess and then paint that picture paint that picture for us <laughs> That's what she does with her music videos also. That's what I mean. And co- I think it's also because I know she's the creative director behind her videos. So I'm seeing her, you know, doing all that stuff. And even her live performances. If you look at um those she's done at Sydney Opera House. Woo! It's just bomb. Like I didn't get to go, but I I was like, "Wow, this must have been quite an experience." And everyone who went was it was not a at a concert. It was an experience because she gives you like you know a lot so in terms of music that's that's what i, I just you know what I, if it's nice it's nice um i'll probably go look what happens is if i'm if i get introduced to someone through a song i'll go now look for them and you know try and work my way up so artists like bass that's how i got into bass was through a song and i'm like okay then i went back and i listened to the album like he's dope and so i'm just on his radar um so dick just happens not to exist for me in that respect um yeah but i'm not choosy and picky like i can listen to literally everything okay maybe not rock eh i've never understood but i can bet you i i I can send you i can send you rock music that will blow your mind and that's that's what i'm i used to be very very genre specific with the way the way i listen to music Mm. so my history of loving music was i initially used to be a rockhead so i only used to listen to rock and that was like when i was in primary school up to like form 4ish then from after form 4 for like 3 or 4 years i was only listening to edm so i go as deep as possible into every genre and then when i discovered hip hop i was like okay now this is home now that's all i'd been listening listening to until last year and then these now the fact that i sample allows me to go in every direction mm. and now i'm i'm actually realizing that there's no genre genres actually don't really exist once you go yeah once you you go deep into music in general most of the things pretty much everything that underpins this genre is the same thing that underpins this other genre it's just a matter of tempo it's a matter of instrument selection but like music is music yeah music is music i need to take a piece <laughs> i need to we actually need to finish yes um wow it's been a minute lol at a minute More it's been a minute, hours <laughs> um thanks so much for coming though and for sharing 
with us and for this incredible conversation and we made it we made we it <laughs> it's recorded let me see let me see so i can it's actually it. recorded <laughs> It didn't end after hours oh, of talking nice. and realizing nothing is happening. Nice. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. And thanks. You guys should check him out. Do you want to say where they can find this stuff? Uh, K-I-L-I-H-I-P-P-I-E. Killy Hippie. You can search that on Google and it will give you everything. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. So his music is on a lot of streaming sites. Stream Pretty much everywhere. Sider. You can buy on MOOC. You can buy it on MOOC and that's that's what I prefer people to do. Yeah. Because the money goes directly into my pocket and I... Th- yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. streaming is... I mean... And the good thing with buying is like you own it. You know, if you leave Spotify, that's it. Like... You don't own any of music. Yeah, you just yeah. kind of like renting for however yeah. So yeah, check the stuff out. Mook.com. Um, But if you go on my Instagram, I'll put like a link over, yeah, over, put it on you. over here. Yeah, over here, the there, put it there. Then let's angalia. Yeah, thanks, that's it. Yeah. Stay safe. Thanks for listening and listen to the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>